That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. Ah, Twitter and Elon Musk. A stormy romance, if ever there were one. Last week, everyone was all ablaze with the news that Elon Musk had acquired a significant 9% share of all of the stock of Twitter and that he might be going on the board of directors. Then we learned over the weekend that he was not going to be on the board of directors and theory here is that probably he didn't want to put himself in the limited position of being obligated to act in the financial best interest of the company instead of doing things that made more sense to him individually. And so he probably turned it down because of fiduciary responsibilities. But that's just theory. Okay, we don't know for sure. Now the news comes today that he wants to buy the entire platform. That's right. Elon Musk has offered to buy Twitter and at about 18% over market value. The close on Wednesday was $45.86 a share. His offer was $54.20 a share, what he called his final and best offer. You do the math on that, it's about $43 billion, to which you might wonder, can Elon Musk just fork over $43 billion? Well, for a guy whose net worth is estimated somewhere in the $260 billion range, that's right, a quarter of a trillion dollars, yeah, he kind of can. It's only about a sixth of his total net worth. But he said he wouldn't necessarily be just paying for it, probably leverage other investors, different sources of financing would flesh out the offer. But that's not the thing that has people concerned. The thing that people are wondering about is what would Twitter look like if Elon Musk took it over? Because generally his philosophy has been anything goes. Say what you believe, free speech, very few if any limitations. And so a lot of people are very fond of Twitter in its current iteration are concerned that he might somehow turn it into a completely different kind of thing, likely bringing back people like President Trump, who's been banned from the platform, and in the process, taking away some of the safeguards that have gone into place to reduce misinformation, uh, manipulation, and abuse of the platform. A common theme among critics of the move say that he would turn it into some other version of Parler or Getter or even former President Trump's Truth Social. As one Twitter user said, having the money to buy a social media platform isn't the same as knowing how to keep one afloat. Then again, Elon Musk has a pretty good track record of making things that people thought wouldn't work, work. The most popular electric vehicles around and, I don't know, sending people into space. And certainly he's smart enough to know that if he turns it into something that the current users don't like, there are alternatives and people will simply leave and go form something somewhere else. As far as market reaction, despite an early rise in Thursday trading, it's now somewhere around a dollar off yesterday's close as of the time of this recording. Turning now to the basketball pre-playoffs, or is it the world of animal rights activism or something else entirely? Somebody has fallen, a arena worker has fallen at the other end, and you can see right now, I'm not sure if she fainted or fell. Yes, during Tuesday's play-in game between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Clippers, the commentators and really the entire stadium were a little bit confused as to what was going on when a woman seemingly fell at the end of the court and had trouble getting up and was then escorted off by security. You know, I say it's an arena where it may have been somebody else because they quickly got her up and, and got her off in a hurry. 
Did she? If she fell, is there blood down there? Was she hurt? Who was she? What was going on? The commentators at first thinking that maybe she was engaged in some act of graffiti on the court. Well, eventually we learned that it was none of those things. She was protesting. Protesting animal rights abuse by gluing her hand to the court so that she couldn't be removed. I know that wasn't you doing the graffiti, but what what, what was going on? It's worse than graffiti. I was just told by security that she apparently had glue, and she glued herself to the floor. And she refused to lift her wrist up. And I don't mean to laugh, but this really happened. She glued her wrist to the floor, and they were trying to pull her off, and she was resisting trying to keep her wrist glued down to the floor. It turns out the woman's name is Alicia Santurio, and she is an animal rights protester angry about the slaughter of chickens at a farm that Glenn Taylor, the owner of the Timberwolves, owns where they had to eliminate a lot of the livestock because of avian flu. You know, the thing that's driving up the price of your eggs right now. She was wearing a t-shirt that said Glenn Taylor roasts animals alive, of reference to the method of execution of the birds that they used that had to do with shutting down ventilation and causing them to suffocate, something that was confirmed by Direct Action Everywhere, an animal rights group that confirmed the stunt in a press release. But as is often the case in such matters, the people that might have been the targets of persuasion wound up basically finding it hilarious, or grist for satire. I was glued to the TV set, one viewer quipped. Somebody else says, why would anyone want to stick around an NBA game. And certainly you always have this problem in protest, right? Are you doing something that mostly gets you noticed for being weird, or are you doing something that's actually going to persuade people of the justice of your cause? It does sort of remind me of the good old days of timber protests when environmentalists would chain themselves to trees and demand that the forest be preserved or else they wouldn't leave. I guess superglue would be kind of the modern version of chaining when all you have is a basketball court to work with. So far, it looks like no charges are being pressed against her, although she was given a trespass notice, and that basically means she can't ever come back inside the Target Center or they'll arrest her. The Timberwolves put out a statement saying, quote, a fan disruption occurred during the second quarter and that the team was going to, quote, be in touch with Target Center security to address the incident. Be in touch? Come on. I think you need to stay in constant contact. Something like this will only be resolved with a solid hands-on approach. And finally, Coachella. Yes, the famous music festival that has been on pause for two seasons is now back and about to begin this weekend and next weekend. As all of the beautiful, artsy, indie, music-loving people gather in the desert outside of Indio, California, it's going to be an event. As headlining performances include Harry Styles, Billie Eilish, and The Weeknd, along with performances by Phoebe Bridgers, Flume, Megan Thee Stallion, Disclosure, 21 Savage, Lil Baby, and Doja Cat, as well as many, many more on the multiple stages. So if you're going for the very first time, how should you approach it? One tip from a veteran attendee says, yes, pay attention to the headliners, but there are lots of great acts. Go with a little bit of a plan to make sure that you hit a couple of things, but just go walk around and be open to discovering stuff because there's all kinds of things to find. What should you wear? Well, Instagram would tell you the story that high-end avant-garde fashion and mostly swimwear seems to be a popular theme. But hey, comfort is key, so don't bring brand new shoes. Break them in ahead of time. Make sure they're comfortable. And if you want to wear jeans and a t-shirt, wear jeans and a t-shirt. Do plan ahead for the possibility of adverse weather. Make sure you look at the weather in advance. In 2012, Coachella became what people called Coldchella, as the nighttime temperatures in the desert got to very low, and all the people who looked great during the day in the sun were very, very cold at night, and they were doing things like taking trash bags out of cans 
to use as ponchos, and they had to bring in extra sweatshirts because everything sold out of the gift area. In the years since it first began, Coachella has evolved. There's now all kinds of things available for you to purchase on site. You don't have to plan a lot in advance. Do bring cash. That's very, very helpful. And one thing that a lot of people recommend is good ear protection. The sound can be very loud, and for sustained periods of time, you want to keep those ears in good shape for a long time, protect them, and phone charger. You're going to want a phone charger for all the pictures that you're going to take. As far as getting there goes, it's about midway between Phoenix and L.A. Fly into either one and then drive. And if you're thrift conscious, people say, hey, get groceries and get gas along the way. Don't wait till you're in India where things can be marked up pretty heavily. Also, masks are a pandemic item, but masks are valuable because of the dust that can be in the air at Coachella. In fact, uh, veterans affectionately call it Coachella flu, which is something essentially a byproduct of all of that dust getting into your lungs when you're breathing it in. So maybe wear one not so much for the virus, but just for keeping your breathing passages safe. Yes, there are restrooms, some maybe even air-conditioned, some with lights. And the typical advice is if you're going to go use a porta potty just make sure that you bring a light at night. You don't want any surprises. If you're interested in Coachella more than just this little report, Newsweek is actually sending two of our podcast producers, Maura and Thomas, to the event. They're going to be sharing news and observations about Coachella on the new On Beat podcast. You can find by searching for On Beat Newsweek. That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. Please consider subscribing to our digital and print editions of Newsweek if you haven't already. And give me five stars before you leave or else. Well, there's nowhere else. I just would like it. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.